And welcome to another episode of the Sotorian Geek Podcast by Webster Style, where we talk about bow ties, comic books, and everything in between. I'm your Webster Style, the man, the voice, the fragrance. Coming back one more time, and of course, let's jump right into the download. Now, luckily, a strike was averted, so that means the beginning of April, it is officially baseball season if you haven't listened to this podcast before then i am a humongous baseball fan more specifically i'm a baltimore orioles fan and with that i always look forward to the release of mlb the show especially now that it is multi-platform and more importantly this year just like last year it is debuting day one on xbox game pass so that is my recommendation for this week for the download mlb the show 2022 i've been playing for the past couple of days and it is the quintessential baseball experience i love this year how it has a not even a rookie mode just a mode where it's a beginner mode but then it tailors and changes based on your style of play and how well versed you come become playing the game that's one of those things i I really love about this game it's just so fun to really sit down and play as my baltimore oreos and to in this case beat the hell out of the atlanta braves but it's really great and it's really fun especially in love baseball and there are a lot of other smaller baseball games out there rbi baseball came back a couple years ago and they have licensed teams and there are a couple other more arcadey baseball games but if you want a quintessential baseball simulation, this is the one to get. MLB The Show 2022. You're going to find it on PlayStation 4 and 5 and Xbox One Series S, X, as well as a Nintendo Switch and PC, I believe. It's going to run you $59.99 on the Xbox systems as well as the Switch. And PS4 is going to run you $69.99 on the PS4. Now, in my gentleman spotlight, I've taken the time to highlight gentlemen I've met over the years that are very much primarily based on the internet. Uh, in my 40 plus years of life, I have had the great fortune of really meeting some great men and being able to call them not just my friends, but also my family. And I want to take the time to spotlight one of those gentlemen today. And his name is Jericus, Jericus Copes, excuse me, Dr. Jericus Copes. Uh, this past week, he defended his dissertation. And this is someone who I met my freshman year of college. And he has been like family ever since. And I'm just taking this time to shout out to him and his accomplishments and how driven he is and how much he is on the pulse of really addressing the educational divide when it comes to black men and how education and the quest for education and giving kids as well as teachers access to quality education and their resources has really become his passion over the years and with that he started many businesses but now he is the CEO of the Applied Learning Academy and with that he's taken his research of his dissertation to apply it to in-classroom real-world circumstances to further assist teachers but more importantly to help and assist 
those youth who many in our society would discard and say they would never have a chance. And this passion not only comes from just the fact that, you know, you see a need, but many of us in college came from very humble beginnings. You know, he has his own story and I'll, I'll give a link to uh, my man Leo's podcast. He had a really great interview with him uh, this past week talking about his story and how he got to where he is. But this spotlight here is just to spotlight him and his accomplishments and how is his friend and a brother. I am so immensely proud of everything he's accomplished. He's a great man. He's a great father. He's a great friend. So I wanted to shout out and spotlight on my gentleman spotlight, Dr. Jericus Copes of the Applied Learning Academy. Now let's move into some reviews. No short takes this week because there is a lot to talk about with what's been happening in the blurred space when it comes to television so we had the second episode of moon night debut this week so we got to see a lot of mark slash steven's character and that split and how at least uh he became the avatar of Konshu, and it really posed some great ethical dilemmas between Konshu and i forget the um other gods character that ethan hawk's character serves in justice and also with the backstory of Mark being married and it's very interesting to see how it played out. I would say the episode with this reveal of some of the details uh, left me not as interested um, as I did the first one. It's one of those things where I have some of my questions answered and the intrigue is somewhat gone uh, when it comes to that, which really made me vested in that first episode. It was still a good episode. It wasn't a great episode. I would say and this is not a detraction from it. It was a very paint by numbers episode when it came to how the story played out, in my opinion. But of course, we did see the introduction of the Mr. Knight character. That's that Moon Knight variant uh, with where he's pretty much suited and booted in that white three-piece suit. Uh, in this case, it was controlled by Steven. So Steven had no idea whatsoever what was going on or how to fight. And then when Mark took over, he became that new iteration of that Moon Knight costume. And I will say, I love how they have changed it from that sort of comic book iteration where it is still that white, but it looks like he's wrapped in bandages like a mummy, very much fitting it with that stereotypical Egyptian theme. So I really love those subtle touches that they've made to the series. Uh, two episodes in, I would definitely recommend it. I think it's a good series. Again, episode two, I think eh, it falters just a bit from the heights that episode one took it up again specifically because of some of those questions that really intrigued you in episode one were answered in episode two so i'm really looking forward to episode three one of the things i'm fearful of and this is even going back to uh loki some of those middle episodes were kind of so-so uh filler it's like they stretched out a story longer than what they could have uh should have been and i am somewhat concerned especially with the pacing of episode two uh, that Moon Knight may fall into that conundrum that Loki did. Now, luckily, uh, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier didn't really do that too much. I was on the edge of my seat with all of those. Uh, same with WandaVision. Of course, WandaVision really could have been eight episodes. Not so nine. Actually, I think an episode was cut. I don't remember. Anyway, uh, so I just hope it doesn't 
stretch it out longer than it needs to just for you know exponential story dump that we really didn't need or or care about but i am liking it so far i'm invested i really want to see more of how this plays out and also i'm very interested to see how all of this affects the overall marvel universe right now it's very much self-contained and since moon knight is a new character in the marvel universe or the mcu there are no direct connections to anything else that plays out in this series so far there's been no um no talk about the snap or any any of the events of the mcu that we've seen thus far no random mention of the avengers nothing so i'm interested to see where this takes place and i know you probably got the timeline update on disney plus but how this world has been impacted by everything that we know that has happened so that is my take on moon knight episode two now leaving moon knight let's get into halo now i have to tell you halo is becoming my favorite show that i'm watching right now i again if you listen to the last episode you know that i am really liking the divergence from the video game between the video game and the series and the lore that i'm really feeling it and luckily it seems as though my one fear about the covenant human being like john's twin sister that seems to be going out have been thrown out the window so i'm happy that i'm taking that lazy ass route but i am just amazed and let me tell you it is so cool seeing jen taylor actually play cortana in the series now jen taylor is the voice of halo in the games and pretty much everything and to see her playing that character and to constantly hear that voice coming from oh it sends goosebumps up and down my spine every single time she's on screen and she speaks and even the dynamic between um pablo shriver's master chief and um jen taylor's cortana it, it doesn't echo the game exactly but oh man i love it i also was very concerned with the fact that they were making master chief more human and in consequence with the game you see that but not in this sort of drastic degree but it really plays a lot into the story especially with this and i'm going to say now forerunner artifact that they found and that now we understand a connection between that artifact and master chief not that he's part covenant but he found one of those or at least another one when he was younger on his home planet so i find that very interesting uh how they play that and i actually am glad because that's not a swerve i saw coming uh, especially with standard sci-fi tropes and, and we know that many series have have fallen into those sort of predictable uh, coincidences when it comes to the character and storyline so i'm glad they are not doing that uh with regards to uh, halo i am getting more used to the designs of the covenant they the elites they don't look they still look chunky but they look okay i um am getting better with the designs of uh the the prophets particularly mercy it's it's something about the cgi and the green screening they look great but it, they they stand out so much so they don't blend it as much to the background which they own, especially when they're interacting with their human characters. So for me, it takes me out of the scene someone, even regardless of how good it looks. 
So that's my one issue with that still with the special effects, but I'm, I'm enjoying it. Uh, I am particularly loving the scene when Halsey had the clone of her, which she used to make Quatana and that dynamic with her essentially talking to a younger version of herself. And you see how Halsey was such a, uh, she had a lot more morals and scruples as a younger person than the person or the woman that she's become. Uh, there was ethics involved and questions with regards to what to do with a clone body and how, you know, is it sentient in the old Halsey, the clone, where is very much aware of that and was still asking those questions while the current version of Halsey, the real Halsey, was like, you're a clone. I can do with you as I want, pretty much. And you saw that. And when they ultimately extracted the neural um, pathways from the clone, there was a genuine emotion there. There's like, as a viewer, I felt bad because this, regardless of it being a clone of Halsey, this was a living, breathing person. And you felt that in the way that the direction was done and the music was done. It was just masterful. As a viewer, you felt that emotion. You felt bad for the clone that she was basically created and then just sucked what they want out of her and then literally liquefied her body like she was nothing, like she was never there, all to create Cortana. So I thought that they did really well with the writing and just direction and everything in that regard. So I will say, if you are not watching Halo, you are missing out on a very, very good show. You do not have to be a Halo fan to watch this show. And I think, honestly, I am a very big Halo fan. Again, I've never read any of the books, but any sort of multimedia stuff I've seen, Fall of Reach, all that good stuff, i played through every one of the games. I mean, I've finished all of them, but I've played through all of them because I just love, excuse me, I played all of them, I should say, because I love the story. And I think that even with the changes, they still do justice to the game and the characters and what was originally created in the Halo universe or of the Halo universe for the games and all the other multimedia properties that have come afterwards. I, I love the fact that these changes are really creating something new or I should say they really are taking something we have established, we have known and putting a, a little bit different coat of paint on the aspects and stories that we know so i'm really loving it and if you're not watching halo you are so far missing out on a real treat of a science fiction show and that's that for now we're going to take a break and come back we have a whole lot of star trek to talk about of course it's sartorial slice and then after that the fragrance of the week and we're back from the break and there is an awful lot of star trek to talk about we got the full trailer for Star Trek Strange New Worlds and I am even more excited about this show than I was before and before this trailer dropped there were a bunch of mini, mini trailers highlighting various members of the crew including the Doctor, Uhura and a bunch of others including number one Una and Pike and let me tell you I am, I am so excited for this series. I really feel like this is a return to classic Star Trek form. Uh, not just TOS or the original series, but even a lot of the early days of Next Gen. Uh, one of my biggest gripes about 
the current state of Star Trek, not that I don't like it, is that it is very much like everything else is out there as far as sci-fi is concerned. And one of the things about Star Trek that always stood out to me, uh, even particularly with Next Generation, there was nothing else like Next Generation on TV. With all the myriad of sci-fi shows that were on during that time, nothing else was like Next Gen, nothing else was like Deep Space Nine. Even though Deep Space Nine has got the direct comparisons with Babylon 5, it was nothing like it was an entity all to itself when it came to its storytelling, when it came to its characters. And the same to be said about Babylon 5 for the time as well. And I just feel as though there's too much of that generic cookie cutter sci-fi that has crept into the current state of Star Trek series. So I'm looking forward to Strange New Worlds, especially I believe they're going back to more of an episodic format than an overarching overarching storyline uh, like Discovery has been doing. And I'm just really excited for that classic Star Trek feel uh, that I'm getting from the trailers to Strange New Worlds. So I'm looking forward to it May 5th, which is less, less than a month away at the time of this recording. Cannot come fast enough now we're looking at what's coming let's look at what's going on now and that's picard let's start at picard and looking at episodes five and six and this review is a bit delayed because five just kind of got on my nerves and i stopped halfway through and i finally finished it and then watched six i have to say there there are a lot of plot points going on here uh more specifically i am intrigued by the dual consciousness now and spoiler alert if you haven't watched it uh with agnes now uh being inhabited by the boy queen i'm interesting to see how they work i do think and let me back up of this season i am really enjoying the developing and fleshing out of agnes's character i think that in the first season she was clearly one of the weakest characters and having her paired with the board queen and that sort of dance they're doing really highlights her character and what sort of person she is and is really developing her a whole lot more than what they did in season two so i am really excited and actually pleased i should say uh, by that development and how that's going that's a high spot for that i episode five was okay it was okay. I think that with the story progression in six, it made up for, in my opinion, the okayness of episode five. You had the introduction of uh, Dr. Soon, so one of Data's ancestors, Nunian Soon, and then I forget the version of Soon that was part of the eugenics wars in Enterprise. Doesn't matter. I think this is Adrian Soon. And so you see him and the geneticist and we know that his research is what leads to the ultimately leads to the eugenics war which birthed Khan and his daughter now is looks like the android synthetic from season one that we found out was Dr. Soon's or Data's or whoever's I forget last creations so it's one of um, those callbacks to the first season where you see in the past how all these things are connected together so i did enjoy that i did enjoy the um, evolution of soon's character even in just episode six you see and start to learn 
the unscrupulousness of him and his research and when it comes to protecting his quote-unquote daughter and we find out more about that toward the end of the episode and you see how that parallels especially with his descendants in um the soon that was in enterprise and again i forget the the descendant's name and also some of those characteristics that lore picks up in the habits you see that devilish sort of aspect of him come on of course all of these people are played by uh, brent spiner obviously so you're going to get those comparisons because he's playing the same character in the descendants of that character so i did enjoy that episode six was overall a lot better than five i i did like the character developments overall you brought back the doctor from the earliest episodes you did have a conundrum um of Capart, Capart, uh, picard's health uh, with regards to him being a synthetic now in in a real world, so I I like how all of these things are being tied together, and there are just too many plot points though. And this is episode six; so there are only four more episodes left. They have a lot to cover uh, with now the board queen totally taking control of Agnes's body and being let loose in the world. So who knows what's going to happen with that? Um, as well as now Picard is in this deep trance and the Watcher person is going to try to get him out. And we still haven't even addressed Q. What's going on with his powers? We now have the whole subplot with Soong and the relationship to his quote-unquote daughter and his genetic experiments. There, There is a lot going on in Star Trek Picard. And for me, a lot of that excitement is kind of gone by the wayside simply because they made the announcement for se- episodes, excuse me, season three. And season three, we'll see a reunion of the Magnificent Seven. All the Next Generation cast will be main cast members of Picard season three. So we're talking about Frakes, Spiner, McFadden, Burton, Sirits, Dorn. They're all going to be there. I feel like I'm missing somebody. But anyway, they're all going to be there in season three. So for me, I'm like, why am I continuing to watch season two? Because season three is what we all wanted. We wanted in some way, shape or form, a continuation, a, a bridging of the gap with next generation to this current timeline in star trek with all of these characters so i am i'm excited for season three um i'm looking forward to how season two is going to end i I want to see particularly how this whole synthetic body gets addressed formally because it wasn't really addressed last season since it got pretty much stuck at the end and it hasn't really been addressed or been a factor in anything until now and then a passing reference from Q um, in episode one. I'm interested to see this whole dynamic with Q as well. And what's happening to his powers is, is this what happens to Q when they live too long? Do they expend their powers? Like, do they just start to go get put? And why is Q changing time or attempting to change time so that the future is different? And how does this work into the trial? from the original way back when encounter far point these things still haven't been tied together and with only four episodes left you have those plot points in addition to now agnes with the board queen having her mind there are a lot of things to address and tie up in just four episodes and if you watch any other series you know when they try to tie things up really fast it kind of goes down that was my biggest complaint with episode with 
for season one, they tried to tie up a lot of things really fast and they made some really weak storytelling decisions um, in that regard and just some blatant holes in that overall ending of that story for season one. And I just really hope they don't make the same mistakes for season two. So that's my take on episodes five and six of Picard season two. Now, ending off and our trek into Star Trek, let's talk about Satorial Slice. Now, this week, I'm not highlighting any brands or any styles. It's something that it takes a while to learn as a man. And ladies who you're listening, I'm not saying this message doesn't apply to you, but it's something that I have been thinking about uh, really in earnest for the past month. And a lot of that is based even on my own life experiences and just my uh, dealings in out the world, interpersonal relationship, things of that nature. And it's about knowing your worth. And it's funny, I, I typed this outline up. I had these thoughts and this week it must have been destined for me to talk on this point because I've seen many different comments about knowing a man knowing his worth and i think that us as men we forget how valuable we are to society and to the people that we love simply because we are oftentimes so lost and so not lost but we're so needy deep in the world in maintaining and providing and take care, taking care of uh, those we love, those we're taking on responsibility for. You can start to forget how valuable you are as a person, as a man, what your labels do and labors do and how they impact the world. Uh, going back to my friend and what he accomplishes this week. I sat back and watched, and mind you, I have known this man since I was 18 years old, and I've seen him grow. I've seen various different sides of him, not just that man that defended his PhD thesis um, over the years. And I looked at him and saw, like, this is a quality guy, not just because of PhD, but as far as the sort of man he is, and how he treats his family and how much of a family man and how he is committed to the world and trying to make an impact to make a difference. And it's like his worth. He understands it. He sees it. He knows what he's capable of. He knows what he's able to do. He knows how he's able to impact and make change for his family and for the world around him. And so many of us don't comprehend that. Don't comprehend what you do and how it impacts everyone else around you. And we're talking about for the better. Even in what I do full time, I had to remember what I do, what I've been doing, how it has impacted the world around us. And again, not to toot my own horn, but I've been very fortunate and put in opportunities where I've been able to be an agent of change, to have my value, my worth be used and demonstrated for the capacity of making a difference in people's lives. And that's something I don't often think about. And I don't think most men think about, even if it's on a, the micro scale of just what you do for your family, what you do for your mom, your dad, your kids, your aunts and uncles, just for the people on your block. I think that we as men oftentimes forget how valuable we are. 
because there is and then not to knock women because women have a whole separate aspect of their worth and what they quote unquote bring to the table uh, men and women are different men and different men and women bring different things to relationships to families to society and that should be cherished and i just think as men especially in modern times we have been made to forget or to downplay how much of our skill sets of what our skill sets bring to society and how it impacts our world for the better so men my brothers know your worth know who you are know what your skill sets are and what you quote unquote bring to the table i hate their term but it really applies to this because you are valuable and don't let anybody else don't let society don't let anybody who maybe you pissed off tell you otherwise you bring something unique to any situation so you are valuable so the one thing about that is your confidence uh understanding of self and understanding of worth will bring more out of you than any suit than anything you can wear and anything you can wear as far as clothing or fragrance there's just something about you that no one else can replicate because you are unique and your worth and your value bring something new to every experience and then speaking of things that you can wear this week's fragrance of the week is addiction utter perfume by Legends Avenue. And you can pick up a 50ml bottle of this wonderful fragrance for just $55. In it, you're gonna find notes of bergamot, grapefruit, cardamom, musk, and cedarwood. Now, Legends Avenue describes this fragrance as one that has a character that captures and surprises. And I must say, I totally agree uh, with the brightness of the opening of the bergamot and grapefruit. It's really bright and citrusy and fresh. And it's also then you get down to that spice and that sensuousness of the cardamom and then the musk and the cedarwood. It's another one that's going to be very good for the spring and summer and even the fall as well. It's one that based on this note depictions is going to be one that is usable in various circumstances. Black tie, out night out with the guys and night out with your lady. You know, it's going to be a very serviceable multi faceted fragrance for you to utilize. So that's the fragrance of the week. Uh, oh, excuse me, Addiction a new parfum by legends avenue and what i'm wearing today is prada lunar rosa sport i wanted something a bit lighter a bit more fresh for the spring and i've been gravitating a bit more toward those with the spring weather and getting warmer almost days so this one you can have top notes of ginger juniper berry and lavender heart notes of amber and hay and then base notes of vanilla tonka bean heliotrope and musk it's a sweet synthetic ish fragrance synthetic doesn't mean bad it's just it's synthetic um i personally like it i don't get humongous longevity with this one or i would say i'm getting pretty good longevity today particularly about six hours or so it's a great fragrance for a lot of people to use it like in a gym bag after the gym but it's really good for the spring and summer and even the fall um it has that sensualness i love the vanilla and tonka bean combination and the base especially mixed with the musk i don't get too much of the heliotrope with my nose um as well especially in the sweetness from the amber and the calmness you really get from that lavender i think is a really good designer fragrance i like it it works well for me again your mileage may vary based on remember fragrance is very intimate what smells good on me 
and works really good for me may not work well as well for you because of your body chemistry but i would definitely recommend anybody trying out prada luna rosa sport and speaking of fragrances let's talk about our sponsor pete and pedro of course many of us know them for their fine hair products but they also have a great line of inspired fragrances so they have four fragrances villain which is inspired by tom's floor tobacco vanilla king which is inspired by creed's green irish tweed rebel which is inspired by creative Vences, and then hero which is inspired by aqua de joe now all of these are obtainable in 50 ml bottles at edp strength for just 49 dollars that is a steal anytime you get it for a dollar milliliter or less that is an absolute steal and if you're interested in trying this out, they also have travel sizes as well. If you don't want to buy a full bottle, uh, you can use the code EHAWKS10 at checkout or the link in the show notes to get 10% off of your first order. And with that, we've come to another episode or the end of another episode of the Sartorian Geek Podcast or Webster Style. Of course, where we talk about bow ties, comic books, and everything in between. And we'll be getting some comic books next week, so stay tuned. You can find me every week on the NRW Checkpoint. Link in the show notes. Talking with my man Brian Saff about the week in video games. You can find me on social media at on Instagram at Webster Style and at Sartorial Geek. Find me on Twitter at Webster Style. And now find me on TikTok at underscore Webster Style. Of course, you can find everything that is Webster Style and Sartorial and Geek at WebsterStyle.com. And any questions, comments, criticism, you just want to hit me up on email. Email me at info at WebsterStyleMagazine.com. Again, thank you as always for listening. Remember, stay safe out there and be blessed. If you're not defending the presence of Millie in the vicinity without a bow tie, okay, I might have went over the edge. Yeah. Besides, I really let them close on them legs yeah. and thighs. Need to get strong, we can lift them to the sky. The party starts to twirl. Yeah. We got a little time, time, time hey. to get hey. it on. Get on. And on fact, I'm the type of pussy on. And after that, take a picture with the phone of the outfit. I'm it, I'm choosing what we on. That was Tree Green Tuesday. Had to be Bowtie Thursday. Had to be. White Wednesday? Uh, I don't Well, I know last time. Well, I wore polka dot. You didn't wear. Oh, I miss million them heels killing them, but I'm sure it's a Thursday. Bowtie Thursday. Pasta cream in your heels looking sharp, babe. Acting like you don't know the rules up in the workplace. Must I remind you it was till on your birthday? Don't get me wrong, I think we killed in the birthdays. And you picked the hell of fit for the church day. Let's say you picked the wrist game for it. Now you got the floor filled with bras that you purchase. Pick a color scheme that can match the very corset. No one man should have all that styling. Take it off, clothes on the floor piling. No one girl should fit it all in them jeans. So take it off and let me see what's under them scenes. No one man should have all that styling. Take it off, clothes on the floor piling. No one girl should fit it all in them jeans. So take it off and let me see what's under them scenes. Let's see what it seems. If it is what it seems. Chicks be looking thick leggings, you know what I mean? I don't know. Take a hint though, don't try to get me at a moment. Moment though, smoking hot, rocking this pencil. Thin tie hairline, looking like a stencil. Pimp, no lie, I'm sharper than a utensil. Instrumental, plain dang, homie. I was hoping we could walk out with that bang bang, honey. See them plain James, honey. Get them lame friends, honey. We tell it better, crazy like I think came on me. Hey, mommy, look a lady, main thing, want me on the scene.
lane, fit popping like a main vein, running blood color, lips smashing with the hand, clutch money, holding bag, kinda funny, can you tell me what's the price I got the range, Rover, hang on me, when we walking, looking goosey like that thing sprayed on me, walking with a lip like an ankle sprang on me, yeah, I rocked the cardigan, she don't really want me, because one man should have all that style take it out, clothes on the floor, Oh, you wanted to, oh, I completely read that wrong.